in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm super, super excited. We back. I feel like I've been gone forever and I only took a week off. But I want to first start out by saying I, I by apologizing, saying I'm sorry to all the listeners, because I know I had put put it out there on Facebook that. Um, there would be a, a show last Wednesday and that that show was going to be uh, dealing with anxiety and, and mental health issues. And then there was no show. And, and I want to apologize. Listen, I was really planning to uh, put out a show, um, but it just didn't happen. There's a lot going on. Just mentally, I felt like I needed a rest. You know, some, sometimes it's good to just take a rest and get recharged you know there there's there's been a lot going on um in terms of me just starting a new business and um just a lot of things working on the album the holiday season is here and so I really felt like I needed to take time to rest and just really enjoy family pray just get re just get re-energized you know and so I want to apologize but listen um, though this show isn't um, going to be dealing with uh, depression, anxiety and mental health, next week's show will be dealing with anxiety and depression and mental health issues. And, and, and I'm super excited because I'm going to have my wife on on that show to talk about it. Um, and, and, and that's part of the reason why I didn't release a show. Um, last week because I don't want to just talk about mental health issues like issues like depression and anxiety without having a professional on with me to talk about it and many of you guys know or some of you guys may not know my wife is a licensed therapist and so um, I'm super excited next week I'm going to have my wife on and we're going to talk about mental health issues we're going to talk about depression and anxiety and how to deal with those things because it's a it's a reality that um, many Christians wrestle with depression many Christians wrestle with anxiety and so I know next week's show is going to be a blessing for you and my prayer is that all of the shows if you have been following uh, the path of revelation podcast my prayer is that this show has been a show that has encouraged you and helped you and has helped you grow. And so I'm super excited about that. I have a great show today for you guys today, though. Um, I'm going to be talking about understanding God's purpose in the devil's attack. And and this is I think this this topic right here is vital for for believers, because a lot of times when we're under spiritual attack or we um, a lot of times we we're quick to rebuke the devil and uh, we're quick to look for an end to what we're going through. And sometimes um, we don't take inventory and time to stop and say, hey, what do I what what's God's purpose for what I'm going through? And so I'm going to talk about that in the upcoming segment. 
one more announcement though before we hop into the featured song for this episode i just want to thank everyone who has donated and has sold into path of revelation ministry and brand um i've been sharing with you guys that i'm working on my first solo project and a lot of you guys have been donating um i've also been sharing that i'm looking to um put out more godly content um and one of the things that i've been working on is producing visuals um so i what what i'm doing with the podcast i actually want to be able to turn that to video and begin to produce videos for youtube and things of that nature because i know some of you guys um are big YouTube listeners. So I'll have videos and content on YouTube. And that's something that I'm looking to um, start producing before, even before the year is out, but most definitely hit the ground running in January for sure. If I don't put out any content before the year is out in terms of video. But the reason why I bring that up is because many of you guys donations um, has allowed me to invest in equipment and things of that nature to make that a reality and so real soon you're going to start seeing some more things from path of revelation uh, on the media side and i just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart because again this is truly uh, ministry for me this is truly a kingdom business for me and and i'm excited to produce godly content and resources for the body of christ because it's needed and so with that the music is coming a lot of music i'm going to be dropping a lot of music in uh 2020 a lot of media and things of that nature um also I am going to be working on releasing a Bible plan, a path of revelation Bible plan, um, because I know many of you guys have Bible plans. But one of my primary goals in, in what I do in ministry, as well as with the path of revelation podcast, is to encourage believers to read the Bible, to get in the scriptures, to encourage you to get in the scriptures and not just read a verse here and there, but the, but, but the importance of reading stories, reading, looking to, into context of the scriptures, um, because all of these things are important to helping the scriptures make sense. So with all of that said, thank you guys. That Those are a few things that are coming up in this new year and even before the year is out. And so I want to thank you guys. But listen, let's hop into the featured song for this episode, which is our song Godly from our latest project, The Peculiar, which is available on all digital outlets. Let's hop into Godly. Christianity makes you a slave to your sanity. Don't care, you ain't a fan of me. No. I'll take your jokes and your mockery. But the father is proud of me, I went about to the high color cowardly. Yeah. It's easy to go with the trends, but all of your friends in this new age. Yeah. Christians don't care about sin, so they learn in the bin, so they burn stage. Yeah. 
What a huge mistake they Take it from a witch page Looking to astronomy, ass face Igniting a holy guy with rage Temptation every hand, I ain't playing I'm just saying I ain't praying That we're standing in this plan Not abandoning our fandom He's fast in the plan This is random, I'm saying I'm planning The word on my heart The Holy Spirit got me seeking truth like a canine It's got me seeing all the hypocrites with Christian Written on the head with a crayon So keep going, the path is still golden I'm not a theologian, but my heart is still for him I gotta be bold, yeah I know I sound old, yeah I'm told go along with the slope But the slope will choke out the path that I chose We run, tiptoe, one step, nightly One fall, be bold, let's live, godly We won't One step, lightly, one fall, be bold, let's live, we just want to live, godly, I don't really care if you truly do not like me, we just want to live, godly, I don't really care if you truly do not like me, they say self-love is the key to what's wrong with the world, so learn how to love you, but self-love the results in greed and lust, so to say it's the key is untrue, wars and genocide, man won't kill his pride, all the result of Self-love, self-love is our default We don't struggle with us on my prayer, Lord God help us The key is to know how much God really loves you He came in the flesh, took our sins in his death Also his wrath when it crushed you They say, don't judge when somebody's deceased At the drop of a hat, turn around and put somebody in heaven With rest in peace Think a stranger every day, yet they're foreign Just because we pray doesn't mean we know him Singing, shouting, the church going through the motions Doesn't mean a thing if there's no true devotion Help us not to be a hypocrite Help worship go beyond our lips Help us stand us by How hard it gets Whether in a palace or a pit Whipping me, killing me The enemy, enter me Be so weak, soon we'll be the end of me So we flee adultery Fornication, lust me Death to me is heavenly But the spirit flesh cease Answer when he's calling calling. We just try to be godly Dancing, I'm all in Ain't nothing gonna stop me We won't tiptoe Won't step lightly Won't fall Be bold Let's live godly We won't tiptoe Won't step lightly Won't fall Like me. Yo, understanding God's purpose in the devil's attack. Listen, I first have to start off by saying this. When, when I talk about a topic like this, I think it's important that we understand not everything is the devil. <laughs> Sometimes we, we blame the devil for things that are really just the result of our lack of discipline. Like, you not broke because the devil is fighting your finances. You broke because you live in the mall. <laughs> you broke because you live on Amazon and you have to buy everything that you see. <laughs> or you you always eating out. That Stop blaming the devil for being broke. Like sometimes we blame the devil for stuff and the devil's like, man, I didn't do that to you. Like I ain't had nothing to do with that. So that's sometimes that's the case with us. And so I think we have to be careful 
um, to when we examine our heart, like first and foremost, we have to examine our hardships. And I think it's wise to to look at our hardships and the things that we're going through and say and see, hey, am I responsible for this? Is there is there something that I did wrong? Because here's here's what I'm here's one of the things that I've learned. Some attacks and trials are the result of our disobedience. And some trials and attacks have nothing to do with disobedience. And so there's a reality that whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, there's just a reality that we're all going to go through. But we we have to be humble enough um, to to examine ourselves, to, to look and see like, man, did I bring this on myself? And so here's a question for you. And this question, and this is a question that I ask myself whenever I feel like I'm under spiritual attack or going through a trial. And that is, what is God's purpose and plan for what I'm going through right now? Like, God, what are you trying to work in me or out of me that's um, by me going through this? Like, what is the purpose for this? Because, because what we have to realize that We always quote the scripture, all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And and listen, my response to that is a man. But a lot of times we quote that scripture with with the mindset of that the, the hardship that we're experiencing is in God's will. So in other words, God is working all things together for my good. In other words, the bad that I'm in is not his will for me to be going through this. So so devil get behind me. And and we we assume that God is not using even the attack of the enemy to refine us. And so here's what I want to do. I want to look at two different instances in scripture. I want to look at two different instances in scripture where In one instance, the attack of the enemy is coming as the result of disobedience. And then on the other instance, we see the attack of the enemy is not necessarily the result of disobedience, but the attack of the enemy is God's purpose in the attack is to refine. And and one of the things that I'm learning, whether whether the enemy or trials are 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 happening in you are the result of disobedience or or not diso- or or obedience i know the end goal is always for for god to get glory out of our lives the the goal is always to point us back to christ the goal is always to refocus us the goal is always to take us to another level And so before we look into these two different instances in scripture, one of the points, one of the things that I think is very important for us to understand is that the devil works through people. The devil works through people. When we look at Ephesians chapter two, verse one through three, Paul is writing and he says, and you were dead in trespasses and sin, referring to us as believers. Verse two, in which you once walked following the course of this world, 
following the prince of the power of the air, who is the devil, the spirit that now, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And verse three, among whom we also, among whom, man, I'm reading, it's whooping me right now. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So verse two says that this, this spirit or the devil works in the children, uh, in the sons of disobedience. So when a person is not in Christ, they are literally an instrument of the devil because they they're not living for God. They're living for themselves. And so <clears throat> when we understand and I, I wanted to bring this point out because the first instance of scripture that I want to look at is an instance of disobedience where we have the children of Israel who are called to be a witness to the nations they're called to be priests to the nations and to show forth the glory of God to the nations that the nations turn to God. But instead, the children of Israel begin to worship the gods of other nations. So as a result of God, so as a result, God says he's going to judge them. So here here we have how many times do we as Christians we're called to be the light of the world. We're called to be separate. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. But a lot of times we give in to peer pressure or we give in to the influence of the world. And instead of reaching the world, we're found conforming to the world. And so this is what's happening with the children of Israel. They're called to the nations, but instead they're conforming to the nations by beginning to worship the gods, the false gods. So as a result, God says he's going to judge them and all of the nations by bringing them under the rule of of the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. So here's the thing. If you fought and refused to serve King Nebuchadnezzar, God through King Nebuchadnezzar would destroy your land and people. Now, why this is important to understand is because King Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon, represents the devil. He if you look at Babylon, whenever you see Babylon in the Bible, Babylon is it represents um, a nation that is foreign to God's will. They, they're against the people of God. They're, they're of the devil. They're influenced by, by the devil. They're into false God worship. They're into witchcraft and idolatry. All of these things are, are cornerstones in, in the kingdom of Babylon. And so here we have God using the devil or 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 a representation of the kingdom of darkness, Babylon, as a as a as an instrument of judgment against the children of Israel and the nations because of their disobedience to him. And so in this story, and this is all found in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 
um, in, in Jeremiah 25, Jeremiah is like, man, I've been preaching to you guys for 23 years. In Jeremiah 25, it says that Jeremiah is has been preaching to the children of Israel for 23 years, telling them to turn back to God. If we look at Jeremiah chapter 25, verse three, and, and, and this is like a Bible study, but this is also important, guys. In Jeremiah 25, verse three. Starting at verse three is and this is Jeremiah talking. He says for 23 years from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, to this day, the word of the Lord has come to me and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. Verse four, you have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear Although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets, saying, turn now every one of you from his evil way and evil deeds and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given to you and to your fathers from of old and forever. Verse six, do not go after other gods to serve and worship them or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Verse seven, yet you have not listened to me. So God is pleading right here. Just taking a quick pause. God is pleading with with the children of Israel. And he's saying, I've been pleading through my prophets to turn from your wicked ways. Verse seven continued. He says, yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to to your own harm. Verse eight, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all these surrounding nations. I will devote them to destruction and make them a horror and a hissing and an everlasting desolation. Verse 10. Moreover, I will banish from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the milestones and the light of the lamp. Verse 11, this whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Did y'all catch that? He says, you guys are not just going to serve the king of Babylon, but you're going to serve him for 70 years. Now, I want to bring something up that's so important with this. We have the children of Israel who are called to be a witness to the nations, but because they're they're conforming to the nations, they're not being ministers to the nations. And so as a result, God is going to judge them and judge the nations that they were called to reach. How many people have have been judged by God or 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 have ran into 
death situations or situations that have affected them and their family as a result of us not being the witness that we're called to be. How many lives have been affected because we weren't walking in our calling and our purpose? How many lives have been affected because you haven't answered the call of God on your life? Because you care so much about what other people think about you. And so now as a result, all hell is breaking loose, not just in your life, but in their life. Because God desires to use you to minister to them, but because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Do you guys see? Listen, this is so important. It's so important for us to be in the center of God's will. It's so important for us to be surrendered to the call of God on our lives. And so in verse 11, he says, you guys are going to serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. In verse 12, then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon. You guys see that? So the enemy that God that God is using to bring forth judgment, he's going to judge the enemy because the enemy is wicked. He says, after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of Chaldeans, for their iniquity declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. Now, what's interesting in all of this, we have the children of Israel and God says, and there's so much to read, but you can read the book of Jeremiah. I've been reading the book of Jeremiah for like the last year. I've just been studying the book of Jeremiah, obviously also studying other scriptures and books outside of Jeremiah. But Jeremiah has just been a book that I've been in for like the whole year. And and so when you look at Jeremiah, God is speaking to the children of Israel and warning them. And he's and, and one of the prophecies that I didn't read, he says that I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore you, Israel. Um, th- And this is found in Jeremiah 29. We often read this scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. He says, then shall you call upon me and and I will hearken to you, hearken unto you or or respond to you when you've called after me with all of your heart. We always read this scripture, but we don't we don't somehow we miss the context that this scripture is in line with God, God restoring Israel after he's judged them. After they've come out of. A, rip, uh, a backslidden place and he's restoring them. And so basically in, in the prophecy and in the promise that God made in his judgment, the children of Israel and the nations were to serve the king of Babylon for 70 years to serve him for 70 years. And in that 70 years, they weren't supposed to fight against him. They weren't po- supposed to resist his rulership over them. And some of them did resist the rulership 
and they died and they were they were afflicted. But those who did not resist were able to stay in their land and work their land, but under his rule. Here's another thing that's interesting about this. When the prophet Jeremiah begins to prophesy, hey, <laughs> you guys are going to have to serve. We're, we're going to have to serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. The people didn't like that. The Bible lets us know that the the priests and the prophets in Israel or the false prophets, I should say, the diviners and sorcerers and witches, they didn't like the word. And they begin to stir up the, the children of Israel against Jeremiah. And, and they and they even begin to prophesy falsely against against the 70 years word. You had different false prophets and and sorcerers coming in and giving false prophecies, saying, hey, what Jeremiah is saying isn't true. Or or they're saying, hey, he's saying it's going to be 70 years, but God is about to bring us out. And they would be spewing all of these false prophecies instead of saying, hey, instead of examining themselves and saying, you know what, we've we've sinned against God. We've we've rebelled against God. Maybe we should repent instead of that. They're hating. They're 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 hating the word of the Lord that's coming from from Jeremiah. And so here's here's one of the things that I've realized a lot of times when we look at the attack of the devil, we only think the attack of the devil comes in the form of um, ill words or people hating against our character, saying, oh, you're not going to amount to nothing. You're not going to be nothing. But it's important to understand that the devil's attack doesn't just come in the form of speaking ill of you and your purpose or, or or speaking ill to cause mental and physical harm against you. But some of the most effective attacks that the devil has against people is in the form of false prophecy, prophesying good things falsely. What am I saying? When the spirit of the Lord is speaking, hey, you're going to go through this thing for 70 years. The false prophet comes and says, oh, you don't have to examine yourself. You're only going to go through this for a week. Now, obviously, a week sounds better than 70 years, but the word of the Lord is 70 years. And so God knows best, even when we think we know best. And so some of the most effective attacks come in the form of false prophecy. And instead of realizing, hey, we need to be dying to self. Maybe I, I maybe I'm going through this because I need to deny myself and turn back to God. And I think a lot of and I know this is a tangent, but I believe that's why many of our churches lack power. That's why I believe many Christians are ignorant to scriptures, but are so big on prophetic words because many of us are running around getting full off of false prophecies that have nothing to do with putting us in line with God's purpose for our life, but are really just detours to make us feel good in the moment, but set us back a lifetime. And so hear me, guys. 
when we look at Jeremiah 27, Jeremiah 27, starting at verse eight, it says, and this is Jeremiah, he says, but if any nation or kingdom will not serve this Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation with the sword, with famine, with pestilence, declares the Lord, until I have consumed it by his hand. Verse nine, he says, do not listen to your prophets. Jeremiah's like, man, they lying. He says, don't listen to your prophets, your d diviners, your dreamers. These are all witchcraft and sorcerers, your fortune tellers. See, the children of Israel, they begin to adopt the ways of the world. He says, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune tellers or your sorcerers who are saying to you, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. Listen, they're telling you what you want to hear. But what you want to hear isn't truth. Verse 10, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you with the result that you will be removed far from your land and I will drive you out and you will perish. Verse 11, but any nation that will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will leave on its own land to work it and dwell there declares the Lord. So in other words, what should be our posture? He's saying, listen, and when he says serve the king of Babylon, he's, he's not saying adopt the king of Babylon's ways and philosophies. That's what got them in trouble to begin with. They're serving false gods of other nations. He's not saying, hey, do what the king of Babylon is doing in terms of his false God worship and stuff, but he's saying endure under his rule. Many of us work in jobs and I'm going to make this real for y'all. Many of our jobs have nothing to do with ministry. Some of us work for movie theaters, McDonald's, or some of us work for big corporate America jobs. And, and, and these, your boss and the people who run these companies are literally God haters. They're not saved. And and for some of us, the enemy is using our boss <laughs> or those we work with to cause havoc in our lives. And we don't realize that God is used some some of the things that are happening in our lives are the attack of the enemy that God has allowed. To pull us back into focusing on God. And so while we're rebuking the enemy, we're not taking notes of what we should be learning in the midst of the trial. And so we have the children of Israel. They're about to go into exile under the king of Babylon, along with the nations, other nations. And they're not repenting of their sin. They're not realizing, hey, our disobedience is causing this. And instead, they're listening to the false prophets. They're listening to the fortune tellers who are telling them things that are opposite to the will of God. And so one of the things that I've, I've learned is to examine myself. I never forget it. The Holy Spirit. I remember one particular time 
um, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and I never forget it. He spoke in my spirit and he says, hey, you're going through what you're going through. And you and your family is going through what you're going through because of your disobedience. And I never forget. I was convicted in my heart. I wasn't condemned, though, because the love of God is so amazing. I was convicted, but not condemned. And I and my my response to that was like, yes, Lord. Help me to do things your way. Help me to to surrender myself to your plan and your will. And that should be our response. Identifying the attack of the enemy, but being able to realize if it's the result of your disobedience. The second instance we find is is found in. Hold on one second. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And this is the last instance. But we have Paul, Apostle Paul. And many of us are familiar with this. We're, we're familiar with, oh, the thorn in my flesh. Oh, we all got a thorn in our flesh. All of us got something that we're tempted by. But what I want to look at is the reason for the thorn. And so when we look at second Corinthians chapter 12, it doesn't say that Paul had this thought. What's interesting about this story, it doesn't imply that the thorn in, in, in or the attack on Paul was the result of disobedience. He never says that, but he does let us know the purpose of it. And so in second Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse seven, Paul is writing and he says, so to keep me from becoming conceited. Why? Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Now watch this, a messenger of Satan. So who What's the thorn, a messenger of Satan to harass me in the King James, it says a messenger of Satan to buffet me. The word buffet means to throw off track or to distract, to keep me from being conceited. Now, listen, here's what's important. In verse seven, we see the attack of the enemy. And what's interesting about this is we see God's purpose for the attack of the enemy. And we see the devil's purpose for the attack of the enemy. See, this is when we say things like what the devil meant for evil, God meant for my good. We, we be saying that stuff, but my concern is a lot of times we don't know how to apply it practically in our life. Listen, when the devil is literally attacking you, it's because God is allowing it. And, and he has a purpose for for the attack. He says God's purpose was to keep me humble because because of all the knowledge that I have, I can easily become full of myself because I know I I'm I, I have all of this deep revelation and, and, and knowledge that other people don't have. So I can easily become full of myself. So God has allowed the, the thorn in my flesh or the attack of the enemy in my life. He's allowed this attack to keep me humble and to keep me at his feet 
because if if I did not have this attack, I could possibly lose my mind and think more highly of myself than I ought to. And so we see God's purpose for the attack of the enemy. And we see the attack, the purpose of the enemy is to take Paul out, but God is using the attack still. And so when we look at verse three, we see Paul praying and he says three times, I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. In other words, how many times have you guys asked God, God, just take this away from me. Like, I know this is the enemy. God, why, why are you allowing the enemy to attack me so much? Just take it away. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. And verse nine, but he said to me, this is the Lord responding to him. The Lord responds to him, says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So what, what is what is the Lord saying to him? The Lord is saying, and what is the Lord saying to us? The Lord is saying that, hey, I'm using the attack of the enemy in your life to keep you humble, to weaken you to, to dependence on me so you can be made strong in me. One of the biggest mistakes that humanity has made is thinking that the biggest mistake that we as humans make is thinking that we can be strong without God. And so the Lord is like, hey, I, I'm allowing these attacks to humble you, to keep you humble so you don't so you don't start thinking that you don't need me so you don't start thinking that the good that you're doing is 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 absent of my grace and my provision and so he's using the attack of the enemy to keep paul humble to keep us humble because his grace is sufficient and his power is made most evident in our lives when we're at a place of humility and brokenness. And this is why he says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God is like, man, I'm not gonna waste my power on someone who, 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 who doesn't think that they need me. I'm not gonna waste my power on someone who thinks that they're efficient and, and, and self-sufficient outside of me. And so God uses some of the most horrific trials and challenges. He allows the enemy to wreak havoc in our life like Job, like he did with Job, only to bring us to a place of power and dependence on him. And here's what I love about um, the next verse. We see the Lord responding to Paul's prayer. And he doesn't respond and say, hey, I'm going to take it away from you. He says, my grace is sufficient. I love Paul's response because Paul's response and his prayer changes because he goes from pleading with the Lord saying, take this away from me to therefore 
reading on in verse 9, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, some of us are not experiencing the authentic power of God in our lives because we're not willing to be real about our weaknesses. We're not self-aware. It's funny how many of us know how to identify what's wrong with everyone else. We know how to, we're experts in dissecting other people's sins, but we're not aware of our own. And so Paul is like, man, I'll rather I'll boast all all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Some of us need to see ourselves. He says in verse 10, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul began to, to, to realize or recognize his source and that his source is Christ. Some of us think that Christ is our source, but we're not even, we're not even able to, to see ourselves. We're, we're not even, we, we don't recognize that we have a, a bitterness in our hearts. We, we don't recognize that we have unforgiveness in our hearts. We don't realize that we were prideful and self-righteous. We don't realize that we're condemning others while, while putting ourselves on a pedestal. And so we don't realize that we have a form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof. We're just as bad as the lukewarm Christians that we're pointing the finger at all the time. We're just as bad as the as the the people that proclaim to be Christians, but they're 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 glorifying wickedness and in art and entertainment that's foreign to God's will. We're so busy pointing the finger at them that we don't realize that we have our own struggles. Some of us <laughs> some of us act like we're in our glorified bodies. <laughs> some of us act like we don't got no sin. We act like we don't have no struggles. We act like we're never tempted the way that we're always dissecting and talking about other people. And I'm here to tell you, you need to repent. I've had to repent. There's been times when I've been self-righteous. Listen, I still stand for truth. I still speak out against the, the spirit of the Antichrist and and, 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 and and expose things that I believe are affecting the church. But I never want to position myself in a place where where I'm putting myself on a pedestal to to make you guys think. That I don't have any sin or that I don't have any weaknesses. I'm only able to be strong when I realize that I'm weak. See, humility is the ability to come up under rulership. And so when we look at the children of Israel, God is like, man, you guys aren't submitting to me. So I'm going to bring you up under 
demonic rule to humble you. I'm going to bring you up under the king of Babylon. And some of us are are are, are under our little King Nebuchadnezzar's in our life. Your, your King Nebuchadnezzar in your life may be your boss. It may be a coworker. It may be even a family member. And many of us are rebuking them. And, you know, we get we we know how to get spiritual when we when we think that when we see the devil in someone else. But we don't know how to be spiritual when we when we when, when the devil is working in us. Man, we got to repent. <laughs> we got to repent. We got to repent. We got to repent. Listen, integrity, a big part of integrity is being able to admit when you're wrong. And I've been I've been telling some of the guys in my accountability circle, like I never want to get to a place where I I don't see myself or I don't see my wrongdoings. I never want to get to a place where I'm above reproach where I feel like I have to defend my wrongdoings and my sin. Listen, I understand I'm nothing without Christ. I understand how much a mess that Gabe is. And the only reason why I, 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 I am a new creature today is because it's faith in Christ, my dependence on the Lord. And so I want to encourage you guys to change your way of thinking Get in the scriptures for yourself, not saying that you shouldn't be submit yourself to pastoral leadership and church accountability, but make sure that you are in the scriptures learning God for yourself and that you can test every spirit to see if it's of God. Because, again, I believe one of the biggest attacks on the body of Christ today is is false prophecy. False prophecy, words that appeal to our flesh, but but leave our spirit man deprived. Listen, I want Jesus, y'all. I don't care who I offend in the process. Long as it, it if I'm pleasing him. That's the goal. And that should be our goal as believers. Listen, I love you guys. I pray that something that I've shared today has been a blessing to you guys. Listen, I want to encourage you guys to still uh, donate um, to Path of Revelation. Um, my album is coming together great. I do still have a few expenses and things of that nature. So if you would like to donate, my cash app is Gabriel T. Parker, or you can PayPal me at Path of Revelation now at gmail.com. Listen, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Make, make sure you guys tune in next week. I'm going to have my wife on and we're going to be talking about depression and anxiety and mental health issues. So listen, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture.